Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Today's episode of Dungeons & Dragons is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash dumbdragoncast. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, and welcome to Dungeons & Dragons. It's me, your narrator of Dungeons, Russ Moore, here to bring you a recap from episode 16 to 30 of Dungeons & Dragons. As I mentioned in the last recap, which seems like forever ago now, I plan to do these every 15 episodes or so, and here we are, 15 episodes and half a year later. What I hope these bonus episodes do is bring new listeners into the Dungeons & Dragons podcast, but also refresh the minds of you who have been with us for a while and listening along as everything unfolds. Or maybe just for the players, because we know they don't always keep great notes. Let's start with the basics. You can find us by clicking over to dumbdragons.com. There you can find all of our social media links, fan art gallery, Patreon info, and when we have contests going on, you'll find them over there too. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash dumbdragonpodcast. As well, we are starting a group as opposed to a page, so I'll link that in the description when it is up. On Twitter, we're at dumbdragoncast, and you can also email us at dumbdragonpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, before getting into it, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, which includes over 180,000 audiobook titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I love Audible and I love audiobooks, and I want to recommend you one today that's not really narrative in base, but can help spur ideas as you're creating these worlds that we as dungeon masters and players create. And it's Cosmos by Carl Sagan, narrated by LeVar Burton, Seth MacFarlane, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and Andruyan. Because sometimes you need some real-world science to ground your role-playing adventures, and I really want to go on a space adventure with some of these adventurers. Someday, we'll see. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash dumbdragoncast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash dumbdragoncast for your free audiobook. Thank you for supporting the sponsors who support us. And now, to try and keep this as concise as possible, the recap. Our adventurers had just returned from being teleported to and from the world of Enon and are reeling with finding out there is another world out there. And they also find out the fact that they have lost three weeks in time in what they thought was only a couple of days. They find the evil drow wizard, Thelonious Primsbane, who had taken them captive, has advanced his plans to take over the Axe of Mirabar, as well as destroying the city of Mirabar itself, possibly utilizing enchanted armor. The group meets Commander Hammerstriker who is the commander of the Axe of Mirabar, and they head into Mirabar with him, trying to find one of his friends, Osric, who the group met in the Mirabar prison. Flint and Bort 
the dragonborn whose soul is stuck inside Flint's mind, come to an agreement that Flint will do his best to find a new host body for Bort, and Bort will stop screaming in Flint's mind like a child. Thea becomes more in tune with her own druidship after having read through parts of the Book of the Druids, found in the Library of the Dead on Enon, and both Thea and Nulara feel a wave of energy course through them and feel that something evil is coming or has come to the material plane. Nulara's newly found communicator kicks on with Salazar trying to find Tibby, who left for his own world, which was thought to be destroyed. The adventurers arrange with Salazar for the Guild of the Nine Shadows to send new armor to the remaining members of the Axe of Mirabar to help them breach the city walls without being turned into undead. Commander Hammerstriker and Osric lead the adventurers through the city's underground tunnel system to the Mirabar Town Hall where they believe Primsbane is holed up. On the way, they run into a group of Axe of Mirabar soldiers attempting to burst the tunnel that is built underneath the river. During this battle, Flint finds he can channel the energy and dragon breath of Bort, and uses it unintentionally, destroying the tunnel. Fleeing the rushing water, Nulara has a vision of the three adventurers inside a burning city, being attacked by multiple dragons. She sees only a few landmarks, the Brandy Bear Inn, and the fact that a Rydiana Panda Hut is coming soon. She looks down the street and sees Thea and Flint rush into a burning building. She tries to call out and runs towards them when the building explodes in a fiery blaze, knocking Nulara back to the ground as one of the dragons swoops overhead. Everything goes black, and Nulara sees the glowing five sets of eyes that she has seen in past dreams, and this time a low, raspy voice that tells her, You and your friends and family will all die. Tiamat will rise. Five dragons' mouths open and spark with five uniquely colored breath weapons when Nulara comes back to the tunnel, water rushing after her and her friends. The five make their way inside the Mirabar Town Hall, where they believe Primsbane to be held up, and enter into a basement storeroom from the tunnels to find a makeshift operating room, with parts of various creatures all throughout. Pressing on, they make their way up a set of stairs and come across several undead abominations who look like they've been stitched together from dwarf, bugbears, and quagoths. After this battle, the adventurers look out the front entry to the town hall and see a massive swath of the army has been turned into these abominations and are marching on the front entry. Locking and barricading the door, they rush upstairs to find Thelonious Primsbane. The group finds Primsbane in the main Mirabar council chamber with his own personal army of zombies. They are all invited in as Primsbane questions the adventurers on how they've been getting away from his traps. He then owns the fact that he is the one to imprison the adventurers back in episode one when they stole the Tome of Enchantments from, at the time, an unknown captor. Primsbane explains that he is needing them to join him and to show him one way or another where the power that has been sweeping across the land of Faerun can be found. He has not been able to pinpoint the location of a train that may be the way in and can sense that Flint, Thea, and Nulara have had direct contact with it. Naturally, the adventures decline and battle begins between them and Primsbane's army. Not long after, all hear the zombie horde outside has broken through the front door barricades and is making their way to the council chamber. Primsbane tires of the adventurer's attempts to thwart him and leaves through a portal he seemingly cast on the floor beside him. 
Hammerstriker and Osric head off the oncoming horde, and Flint, Thea, and Nulara clear out the room and head back through a door that the army had been protecting, only to find four hovering brains in jars, casting a sort of enchantment on spires in the room, as well as a piece of the Axe of Mirabar armor. With the zombie horde now having breached the main council chamber, the adventurers, with some difficulty, destroy the brains as well as the spires, which stops the zombies in their tracks. Unfortunately, though, the enchantment's effects were not able to be reversed, and half of the Axe of Mirabar is left deceased from the effects of Primsbane and the brain's enchantments. Commander Hammerstriker is found near death, and healed. He offers, once their army is able to regroup and recuperate some of their numbers, that they would be willing to help the adventurers in their battle against the Cult of the Dragon. On their way out of town to head back to Luskin, the adventurers see the villagers from Little Rock, whom they saved, safe and being led from bunkers by the surviving members of the Axe of Mirabar. In a cutscene, we see a man held captive in a dungeon-like cell. Through a thick wooden door enters Thelonious Primsbane, who walks to the man and lifts his head, revealing Leonin Glory Gem, who went missing in the prison after the adventurers went through the portal to Primsbane's dungeon. Thelonious explains that even though they have thwarted his plans this time, Primsbane will rise an army in Glory Gem's image and become unstoppable as he moves his power across the land. Flint, Thea, and Nulara know they need to head back to Luskin to meet up with Makoth, the Crimson, and the Arcane Brotherhood. They find an abandoned riverboat and take the river back to the coast. As they travel, they see the land that was some three weeks ago lush and green is now seemingly a land of devastation. On the way, the trio are stopped by a group of gnolls who are blocking the passage through the river. When they refuse payment, the gnolls call reinforcements and out tromps a large Tyrannosaurus Rex. The group finds that the gnolls have been taking dinosaurs captive and using them to terrorize passerbys. Not having any of that, the adventurers make their way to the gnoll encampment and, as they say in the biz, wreck the place for good, freeing the dinos who hopefully head back south where they were taken from. Flint, Thea, and Nulara make their way west along the river until they reach the city of Luskin. In Luskin, the three see an airship floating above the dwarven trading post of the city, but make their way to the host tower of the Arcane Brotherhood first. While in Luskin, the adventurers meet up with Makoth, who tells them that the Arcane Brotherhood will in fact help them and the Council of Waterdeep in their fight against the Cult of the Dragon. She also gives them instructions and materials to help them remove Bort from Flint's mind. They are also told that the airship they saw walking into the city is in fact for them. Flint, Thea, and Nulara go to meet up with the airship, and they are introduced to Grancis Ashton, who was sent by the Guild of the Nine Shadows to help them get around quicker in their task to stop the cult. They also find out Grancis is not well-liked among anybody in the city, and for some reason or another, decide not to like him themselves. Once all arrangements are made, the three along with Grancis, in their new airship, head off to the Serpent Hills in search of Varam the White, a worm speaker with the Cult of the Dragon, who was seen passing through a settlement there, possibly in search of his lost or stolen dragon mask. Oh, and they find their horses too. That was important for them. On the way to the Serpent Hills, they see the mayhem created across the land of Faerun, Cities have been burned to the ground and abandoned, forests and plains left scorched, and people can be seen wandering in caravans for safe haven in larger centers. 
After a couple days of travel, the adventurers make their way to the Borskir Bridge, where a traveling settlement is set up, and rumor has been spread that Varam was last seen there. Flint, Thea, and Nulara track down details of a dwarf in purple robes having taken out a serpent folk, who came down from the hills to harm the inhabitants of this settlement. They almost seem to revere him, but he was seen some time ago before taking a group into the Serpent Hills. Setting off after Varam the White, the adventurers come to an abandoned city with a temple carved into the side of a cliff face. They are greeted by two large colossus outside a carved stone edifice, who come to life and tell the adventurers they are about to enter the tomb of Diderius and will receive wisdom if they show proper respect. After of which, the statues return to their original position and allow the three to pass. Entering the tomb, they see that someone has entered the area within a recent time period. Walking further, the adventurers awaken six stone statues whose cowled figures turn and follow them as they walk through a long, narrow chamber. Flint looks up and locks eyes with the darkness within their hoods. Flint receives whispered secrets from the statue, and what might have driven a weaker person mad gave Flint insight into the realm that they are entering into, granting him advantage on intelligence checks for the next 24 hours. Carrying on, they enter another chamber with a beautiful tile mosaic of a knight and a chimera. The tile chimera comes to life and the adventurers go face to face with it. After they defeat the chimera, they enter a room marked safe, which contains a well and confusing lever basin system that the three decide to come back to if they find more answers. Continuing their path in search of Varam and the White Dragon Mask, they follow a trail left by what they can only assume was Varam and his crew. Flint, Thea, and Nulara set off several traps left in the tomb of Diderius, and the three make their way to an abandoned, empty library and meet Ilda, a ghost locked in the tomb, of which they find can be released if some of the stolen books are returned. In return for saying that they will help her, Ilda fills the adventurers in on who Diderius was and what they can expect to find in the tomb. Ilda explains Diderius's passion was powerful divination magic, which is how he discovered a mysterious divination pool in the cavern complex. The divination pool allows those using it to peer past any magical protections that block lesser divination magic. The pool's revelations could drive a user insane unless the question asked were specific and dealt only with the physical world, avoiding metaphysical concerns. Gazing into the pool without first offering a sacrifice was exceedingly dangerous. Ilda tells the adventurers that there are reptilian people who have made the deeper crypts into their own home, and because of their suspected use of the pool, it does require a personal sacrifice, and over time the pool's demands grew steeper. If others have been using the pool since Diderius died, which Ilda suspects the reptilian people do, the current price must be dark indeed. Before coming across the divination pool, our heroes find a clue that they are on the right trail when they find Varam's entourage of sorts, a group of bearded devils left waiting for Varam as he headed deeper into the tomb. After talking with and getting all they could out of the devils, Flint, Thea, and Nulara carry forward and find the divination pool. Realizing the divination pool is fed by the well room, the adventurers split the party and send Flint back to the well room to fill the basin. While being split, Flint is greeted by and battles a group of trolls while Thea and Nulara come face to face with the Yon-Ti, the reptilian people, for the first time, and find out that the snake folk are very powerful mind controllers. 
At the conclusion of the battles, Flint fills the divination pool, which Thea looks into and sacrifices her Book of the Druids, gained from her travels to the Library of the Dead, and asks who in the Cult of the Dragon could be turned to their side and help thwart the rise of Tiamat. The pool grants her an answer, saying there is one on their path who can provide them answers to stopping the rise of Tiamat, but his light seems to be fading in and out of this world. Also, within the Cult of the Dragon, there are members of an old guard who may be able to aid them. And it also leaves them with a final message, that in order to stop the rise of Tiamat, one will live, one will die, and one will be lost forever. Flint, Nulara, and Thea journey further, and are granted a reprieve by the spirit of Diderius as they begin to take on the Yonti whom they find have captured Varam the White, and after the Yonti prove they are able to control the minds of Flint and Nulara, offer, offer to hand Varam over if the adventurers promise never to return. Thea makes this deal, and they head back out through the tomb, returning a book found to Ilda, and she is released from the tomb. They are greeted by Grancis in the airship, who takes them back to Waterdeep, while on the airship and during interrogations of Varam, the three find out that the dwarf himself used the divination pool and knows that the white dragon mask, which was stolen, is in possession of the cult of the dragon, and if he was to return, he would certainly be killed. The former Wormspeaker offers up names of cult members who may be swayed to the side of the Council of Waterdeep to stop the rise of Tiamat. The names offered are Nergoth Bladelord, Jorgen Paul, and Iskander. Once back in Waterdeep, the adventurers have time before their next cult meeting and take that time to relax and recoup their mental sanity. So much was covered in this episode that I highly recommend you listen to episode 28 and 29, which allow the players to develop and grow their characters in a way that we haven't really done before. After the celebration of Winter Solstice, the adventurers fill in the Council of Waterdeep on all of their findings and are asked to tend to reports of dragon attacks in the Misty Forest with Delane Winterhound of the Emerald Enclave, where Narenvane, a suspected worm speaker and lost son of King Melandrich, the Elven High King, is suspected to be found. After this, they are asked by Elia, a captivating messenger from the metallic dragons to head north to the nether mountains to attend the council of the metallic dragons in hopes of joining the forces of the metallic dragons and the council of Waterdeep. you're now caught up to episode 30 i did my best to include the most important and pertinent information to get you going so that if you want to you can just continue on to episode 31 but we still always recommend you go back and listen through from the beginning as there are tons of goofs we have lots of fun and there's tons of character development moments that we know you will love if you want to find us we are on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher and most if not all other podcatchers all the links can be found at dumbdragons.com you can also join our community on Patreon, where for a monthly contribution, you can have access to great perks and rewards. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash dumbdragonpodcast. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we are starting a group as opposed to a page, which I will link in the description, where we can all talk about the show and our love of D&D and RPGs. On Twitter, we are at dumbdragoncast, or you can send us an email to dumbdragonpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. I've been your dungeon narrator, Russ Moore, and I hope to see you on the trail. Happy adventuring!
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. When Kilmer accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress Samantha Trapp across the galaxy, she expected the job to be over and done with quickly. But now they're stuck with each other and they have a job to do. Think of Automnicon as a sort of student loan company. You take a loan from them and then they own you until you've paid it off with interest. So all I have to do is pay off my debt? Fine, I can do that. How much do I owe? 900,027 credits and counting. You're stuck here with me to work it off. We Fix Space Junk is a sci-fi sitcom from Battlebird Productions featuring Travelling by Cryo. Don't worry if you feel like you're drowning. That's perfectly normal. Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Stop, popcorn! Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And, of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space. Hello, valued employees. Here are the details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted in or at the location redacted. We Fix Space Junk is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe, consume, integrate, indoctrinate, assimilate, degenerate, and watch your body decay into a faceless husk as your mind floats aimlessly in space. Register your interest with Automicon 